Welcome to Step Into Magic, your weekly online radio show on how to develop your psychic ability, deepen your spirituality, and find your own true purpose, presented by acclaimed medical intuitive, Josephine Lang. This broadcast is a part of the Wisdom and Intuition Network. This is Anthony Taylor, your host, and on behalf of Josephine, I'll be taking your calls and questions. This week's topic is loving each other. The nectar of life lies in sharing and caring. For anyone new to our show, Josephine has been a clairvoyant healer for more than 25 years. During that time, she's helped thousands of people from around the world to heal from hard-to-diagnose and chronic health issues. She's also been a teacher and spiritual mentor for hundreds of people who treasure her insights, courage, and love. Thank you, Tony, and hello, everyone. So nice to have you here joining us today on the radio show. Tonight our topic is about love, and I really do feel that we are love. You know, love is why we're here. That's what we're here to do, and life is meant to be shared. And without love and connections to others, we feel empty and alone. We've all felt that way at times in our lives. But when we come fully into the present moment, which happens every time we go into our right brain, we realize that our sense of separation is an illusion. When we're in our right brains, we know that we're one with everything. We understand this, that this understanding of our oneness leads us right back into love, love for ourselves, love of everything around us. We become one with the whole world and the universe of stars. And we can see from a higher perspective. When we're in that place there, that place of love of the whole universe, everything is right in the world. And from that perspective, we also understand that everything is working itself out for the greatest good and that all is well. But before I go into this topic any further, I always like to begin our show with our spiritual agreement. And this was a gift from my dear friend and mentor, Jana Massey. And I ask that you all make it with me, if you will. It goes like this. Together, we acknowledge that everything that we think, that we say, and that we do at this time will be of the highest good. And together, we ask for truth, the understanding of that truth, and the wisdom to use it in our lives. Can you all agree? I do. Thank you, Tony. Josephine. After last week's show, we received a lovely message from Anna, and she writes as follows. You were fun and brilliant, and Tony was great. Great job, Tony. The information, the feeling of you talking to us, the whole program was alive. I can't remember now, but in the show, when the feeling of you being in my heart and literally pressed against my body, I thought, wow, those videos work because your image was right there just a little earlier. Love you, Anna. And uh, perhaps I should say that Anna's on our email list and received one of the short YouTubes that Josephine posted in the weekly newsletter, and uh, I think that's what she's referring to there. So so very glad that you enjoyed it, Anna. (laughs) Thank you very much for including me in that uh, lovely email message. Uh, Also, another listener from Central California said, I know why people listen to your show. Your heart is open and you are so joyful. It's not about the content. The ultimate is the open heart. Your show is like a little sanctuary. We always just want to come there and be under your wing for a while to be in grace for an hour. Wow. Thank you both so much. Those are such loving comments and I really, really appreciate them. Together we create a real beautiful circle of love for each other. Your love ignites my love, and my love ignites your love, and around and around we go. (laughs) It's a wonderful thing. Mm, Very nice. We also received a comment and two questions from a listener about last week's show. And uh, she says that she studied psychoneuroimmunology, which is a rather long word, uh, which is, I believe, how our mind impacts upon our brain, which impacts upon our immune system. And uh, she said... Our words absolutely affect our immunity. Our subconscious mind is definitely listening, and our subconscious mind literally affects our body. And uh, so this is her first question. Can you teach us how to hear ourselves? 
And her second question is, how do we tell if our subconscious mind is hearing our figurative thoughts literally? For example, if I say to myself, this job's killing me, does my subconscious start to react as if this is true and cause me to start becoming ill? Mm, very insightful questions. Thank you so much. And in answer to the first, how can we learn how to hear ourselves? I'd have to say that mindfulness is the key. You know, I mentioned this many times, but it's really true. A practice of meditation, we really train ourselves to watch our thoughts. That's one of the beautiful things about meditation. And also our intention, just our intention alone, to be aware of what we are thinking will get us there because I have a little saying that says our intention plus our attention creates manifestation. A friend of mine shared that with me years ago, and I just really love it, and it really stuck in my brain. Intention plus attention creates manifestation. So um, giving it our, our attention, I think, is really the best way for us to learn how to hear our thoughts and how to hear, our, hear ourselves. And then just being mindful of it, just noting it, making a, a mental note. And then in answer to the second question, whether our subconscious mind is taking our those figurative thoughts that we might have literally, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, our subconscious our subconscious mind can't really take a joke. It takes everything straight, just exactly literally how we say it. However, just thinking the thought or saying the phrase won't necessarily create that result but you are potentially laying the groundwork for it to become real and our subconscious minds are always listening we may have corresponding positive thoughts that balance out the score or we perhaps have resolved old issues from our past that leave us in a more of a neutral response to those common thoughts and phrases but really the key is our emotions so if these thoughts or words are held with really strong emotions, they carry much more weight than a neutral attitude. So if it's just kind of a casual phrase that we're throwing out there, I don't think it's as significant as something that's just like, oh my God, this, is, this job is killing me. You know, that's, <laughs> that's really got a lot of emotion to it. If it's just sort of like, oh, this job's killing me, you know, then that's not quite as serious. But I do, like I said, I think they're all kind of laying the groundwork. So, And then as well, repetition really counts for a lot. So I've heard it said that, you know, deeds are stronger than words and words are stronger than ideas. But whatever is repeated frequently increases its weight in our subconscious minds. And so habits of thought are indeed important to pay attention to, I, I feel. I certainly try to note habits of thought that I have. And there's that old adage, you know, if we do something that is harmful to ourselves and we're not aware of its negative repercussions, we will suffer. But if we do something that is harmful to ourselves and we know better, we will suffer doubly, which is such a serious thought. I think, oh, my gosh. So if we know better, we really do have a responsibility to do better. And so this is a very good point that you've brought up, that it, you know, and, and it creates in me a desire to give us all a little homework assignment right now, oh, right. <laughs> myself included, because I'm guilty of this as well. And so... Um, Let's just take some time, you know, this week to let's let's try to use our intention and give it our attention so we can become the observer and the witness of our thoughts and see if you can pay special attention to the thoughts that you have or the words that you say on a regular basis. So let's not only be on the lookout for thoughts that hold negative repercussions in their literal meaning, for instance, you know, that breaks my heart or this blows my mind. And, you know, I said that one just this past week. I remember saying, oh, wow, that really blows my mind. <laughs> and, you know, we want to pay attention to what we're saying. I don't really want to blow my mind. <laughs> I'd like to say, wow, isn't, isn't that interesting or something instead. So I'm going to be doing this too. And, uh, you know, there are other phrases that we sometimes have, things like, I can't see where to go from here, or what a pain in the butt, or one that I heard just the other day was, that was a killer hamburger. <laughs> I want to be careful of that one. Or, <laughs> I had a killer day at work, you know, those kind of things. So so let's. I think that we not only want to catch these thoughts, but let's also be aware of the feelings that are associated with those thoughts and phrases. And then we'll see, you know, just take a little note. We'll see in our minds if there's a thought that we'd rather think instead, like like the one I just said, like, wow, 
that was amazing, or I'm not sure where I'm going just yet, but I know that I'll get there, or I did have a hard day, you know, I think I'll take a nap, or something like that instead, so that we can have those replacement thoughts at the ready. Yeah, Josephine, that seems like a really good idea. I mean, I think what I've tended to notice for myself is that it's really important that I slow down to actually yeah. find the time to listen, because yeah. when I get busy, I kind of like my attention seems to drift into the different things that I'm doing, and there seems to be less space for me to pay attention to what I'm actually thinking. Yeah. I know it's worth it when I do, so I just need to, to, to find a way of ensuring that that's built into you know every day. Yeah, and I just heard somebody say this past week that there was something about how you know, multitasking was kind of looked upon as being a really great thing and how recently there's ideas and information that has come out in the research that actually multitasking isn't so good. And we kind of get in a hurry when we're doing something like that. We don't necessarily pay attention to our bodies and what's going on. And it's a good idea to slow down and to listen and to pay attention. So those are really great. Yeah, I mean, it's almost as if you can get addicted to the, the manic activity. Oh, I have to do another thing. I have to do another thing. Yeah. Rather than just saying, no, I've done plenty of things now. Let's just stop. Yeah, yeah. And that busyness kind of spins us right out of our mm-hmm. centeredness, which mm-hmm. is where we really want to go and be. Mm. Yeah. So we are love. And I think of the, you know, that analogy of the ocean as being the big body of water. And you could think of that as being the big body of love. And then each of us are a little drop that is a part, makes up a part of the ocean. And so we have our little drop of divinity as it would be. And um, some of us see the divine, uh, myself included, as a sort of a, a fundamental consciousness that pervades everything. And really, in a way, water pervades everything, too, in so many ways. You know, it's in the air, it's in the wind, it's in the plants, it's in the soil, it's everywhere. And um, with some of my earliest experiences in nature, I really got that feeling of this this fundamental consciousness that's just throughout everything. And when I speak of the divine, that's kind of what I think of as as um, as God, as love, as that glue that holds the universe together. Others, when they speak of God, they refer to the God without name or form. That's another one that I really like too. And another way of describing the divine that I've heard is the transcendent mystery, which <laughs> I think is so beautiful. And it's always changing, you know, the mystery that is forever changing. And for me, that ultimate mystery is love. It's the totality of everything. And maybe you could show that next that slide then, Tony, our first slide of the show. Certainly. Thank you. This is a quote from Ram Dass, who is, those of you who are members of our little radio community here know that I love Ram Dass so very much. And he said, if I go into the place in myself, that is love, and you go into the place in yourself, that is love, we are together in love, then you and I are truly in love, the state of being love. That's the entrance to oneness. Wow, that's really beautiful. And every time you think you mention Ramdas, I think of my friend um, Tim Freak because oh, yeah. he's quite close to Ramdas. Yeah. And uh, something that, that Tim's written and says often is love is how oneness feels. And uh, it's kind of like very much on that same theme as it was we have in the quote there. Yeah, that's beautiful. Nice. Yeah, and Tim wrote that beautiful book that you helped to edit, Lucid Living, which is one of my favorite books in my library. It's yeah, so it's a beautiful little book. Yeah, yeah. So life is meant to be shared, of course. You know, if we have experiences and we can't share them with anybody, they feel quite empty. And that's why we show photographs of our family reunions or talk about our travels and bring pictures or or share photos of our kids or whatever and and it's also why we tell stories at parties and get together you know, that that is just such a, a wonderful juicy part of our lives and i think that that's the attraction behind social media you know some of those big social media sites is that we do have a real need to share and that would include not only our joys but also our challenges and our hardships. We want to connect. We need to connect. And uh, I was talking with my dear friend Einar the other day, and he shared a proverb which may or may not be Swedish. He wasn't certain. But maybe you can show that next slide, Tony, for us then. Certainly. And this is what Einar said. He said, a, sh- a sorrow shared is half a sorrow. A joy shared is twice a joy. 
thought that was so great. That's really very nice. I mean, it reminds me that my dad used to say when I was growing up, a trouble shared is a trouble halved. Oh, yeah. Well, it's really true. I mean, when we share what's on our minds, it lightens our burdens. It really helps. It's sort of like having a good therapy session. And it can happen right at the kitchen table with our friends. You know, we just let them know. And it just lightens the burden. It just doesn't seem so horrible anymore. If we hold it inside, though, it, it really does. Then we do kind of get into that feeling of separation. And this is all mine. And I have to carry it all by myself. And and that that doesn't feel good. That feels too weighty. But... Um, you know, back to that idea of we are all connected. We know this for sure when we're in our right brain. And we spoke a lot about the right brain in last week's show, too. But when we're in that right brain, we're in the present moment. And when we come fully into the present moment, we can see that we are more than just our minds. We so often get caught up in, you know, the thoughts of the past or or concerns over the future and we're worrying about them. But... In, when we're in the present moment, our experience totally changes. We feel that sense of awe, or at the very least, just complete comfortableness. You know, when we're just being who we are, just in our beingness, just in the present moment, we can get very comfortable. And we can also have a sense of being one with everything, and we see the bigger picture where we're not the center of the universe, just our own little selves, but we're a part of the totality of everything. And this is, of course, where we access our psychic ability. And it's how we can know something about someone else's life or their experiences because we can feel it. We can actually connect with them on that level. We're a part of the web of life. So... If it would be all right, I'd love to go into a little exercise right now. And so I'd like to ask you all to just relax a little bit and close your eyes and take a moment to settle in. And, of course, if you're operating a motor vehicle, save this exercise for later and just remember it. You'll be able to remember it just fine and do it at another time. So think of a tree See if you can imagine a tree in your mind's eye. It might be a tree that you've known, maybe one that you climbed as a kid, or it might be one that just is in your imagination. It doesn't matter. And then see, just allow yourself to see the trunk of the tree and the branches that are high overhead and the leaves. Kind of imagine yourself up in those leaves. Feel how that feels, as if you were a bird. And now imagine the roots below the ground. Let yourself imagine that you are that tree, that you are those roots. Allow yourself to be the leaves. Feel the wind in the leaves and in the branches. Feel the moisture at the roots. Now let yourself be more than the tree. Let yourself also be the air around the tree. And let yourself be the, the, the soil that the roots are in. Now allow yourself to become a tiny droplet of moisture. It's a little drop of water in the soil. And see yourself being absorbed by the root and traveling up a column of cells in the trunk of the tree, right up to the leaves, and then let yourself be evaporated from a leaf surface and enter into the sky as water vapor. And now start to slowly bring yourself back to your normal waking consciousness and realize that as we honor any one of us or any part of us, of the whole of us, we honor ourselves. And like this tree, we all come from the same source. We all share a common experience. We carry the collective consciousness of everything around us, within us. There really is only one of us. And we are that one. So now go ahead and allow yourself to stretch a little bit and Open your eyes and move your body if you like. And how was that for you, Tony? Mm, that was really nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's put me into a very different space. 
I feel much more connected to myself now. And I think from that place, it's much easier to feel connected to everything else. Yeah. That's really a little trip into the right brain. Mm. It's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Well, thanks for sharing. Well, thank you. I love these exercises. (laughs) I do, too. So let's talk a little more about love right now, then. There's a difference between, you know, that romantic love that we think about usually when we say love, the word love. You know, I I find it so intriguing that the Inuit have something like 200 words for snow, but here in the Western world we pretty much have the one word snow, you know. (laughs) And we could really do the same for love. But we sort of have the one word love, which we usually talk about, oh, I'm so in love with him, or oh, I love that, or whatever, and it sort of talks about this attraction that we have for another person. But there's actually also uh, the love that I'd like to really kind of get into right now is that larger basic energy of existence, what could be called God love or compassionate love or love of humanity or love of everything. That uh, type of love that's the romantic love, is uh, that's a little more identified with the I am. Whereas the compassionate love of everything has more of a feeling of general awareness. It's sort of, it's accepting of everything. It's like the witness or the observer. It's through our hearts that we are connected to the source of all love and to everyone and to everything. That's our drop of water of the divinity, of the totality of love, of the ocean of love. So So that's really nice. I mean, is it possible for the two to come together so that you could be feeling both that big universal sort of God love that you talked about as well as that, you know, romantic love at the same time. Oh, absolutely. You know, let the drop of water that is me become a hundred mighty seas, but do not forget that the ocean, you know, that the drop alone does not become the ocean. The ocean, too, becomes the drop, which Mm. is the Rumi quote. Beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so back to this present moment and this right brain and this universal consciousness and this big... um, sort of existence, uh, this energy of existence that we call love. So usually when we're, you know, in the present moment, which is part of that state, that's a pretty good moment. You know, most all, if we just think about like the moment right now, it's usually a pretty darn good moment. And I find that even in times of, you know, sort of serious emergencies and things where maybe a friend is in trouble or or something has happened, or there's a little calamity in the neighborhood or something, we can often jump into kind of a high gear and handle situations with clarity and with competency. And, um, you know, usually even those moments are pretty good when we're in the present moment. I mean, every once in a while there's one that's pretty tough, but for the most part, even those slightly tricky moments are, are still pretty darn good when we're in the present moment. So... Take a moment right now to just think of a time when things were a little tricky like that. Something that you have in your life. You probably did pretty good. But there are also times, you know, when we feel really challenged. And, you know, sometimes definitely, you know, our buttons can get pushed and we can start to lose it a little bit. Then the question becomes, how can we find and practice that big love, that sense of oneness in the face of those kinds of stinker moments? happens sometimes in the present moment and you know I'm I'm so grateful to my parents because they they taught me manners and (laughs) that's sort of the default mode that I fall back on in those sort of stinker moments I I just jump right to manners and I don't know it's because I was trained that way as a little three-year-old you know but but it probably is it but I had one of those sort of slightly stinker moments this past week. I sadly um, last month in the middle of the month when I usually do my uh, personal accounting I forgot to make a deposit in the bank. Now, my bank used to call me if things were getting out of hand and my account balance was a little low, And uh, but they have changed policies, and so I didn't get the call. So not only did they you know, do all sorts of fancy bank footwork, but then they started bouncing checks, which, of course, they had to, you know. but there were all of these, quote, courtesy pays for courtesy fees that were really big, and I was like, oh, my God, this is a disaster. When I went to go do my personal accounting in the middle of the month this month, here I find that this, you know, waterfall of financial disaster, <laughs> not oh, a financial yeah. disaster, but, you know, it wasn't really financial disaster, but it was certainly a, a, a difficult moment. So 
I had to go down to the bank and I had to meet with the bank supervisor and suddenly I'm feeling like I'm sitting outside the principal's office, you know, and <laughs> I'm in trouble and what have I done and that was going to cost me a lot of money and and you know, it I've just slipped right into that, you know, victim meets authority role. Um but my meditation practice is so well developed over these past 30 years and all that that I started to notice myself as like, oh, Josephine, here you are, you're doing victim meets authority. Isn't that sweet? (laughs) And I kind of switched my internal thoughts. And, of course, when I first went in to meet the bank manager, you know, and we're talking, or the supervisor, you know, I, I went right into my polite mode, which was very nice. But I still kept kind of edging back into that victim, I'm just poor little me, I made this mistake, you know. <laughs> and so it was just sort of fun to watch myself. And and then also, too, I'm, you know, I do love myself enough to stand up for myself. And it was just a simple error on my part. And here's all these huge fees. And so I was ready to stand up for myself, too. But it became more like two people rehearsing for a play, you know, each of us observing each other and interacting, but not being totally lost in the role and um, it was really intriguing to just sort of watch myself as I moved through that moment and then I noticed a photograph of his daughter which was on his desk and I I asked about her and and you know there wasn't a photo of a wife and so I thought oh gosh you know this guy's been through some stuff probably you know who knows what but it sort of that sort of loosened my victim stance even more and it, it was incredible because I found that we were just sort of like dancing together for a while in our individual roles there. And then we did come to a nice, easy agreement, and he was able to see my point of view as well. It was almost like playing a board game. You know, you win some, you lose some, you know, but it was much more that than like a matter of pride or position. And it was really quite an extraordinary experience. So that's just a little example of how we can you know, go ahead and take some of these stinker moments that happen to us in the present moment, which are rare that we have a, you know, a really nasty stinker, but they do come along, and we can just kind of step aside from it a little bit. There was that saying of, even the sun with all of its warmth is marvelously detached, and we can sort of have that little bit of detachment. And then on the other hand, too, why don't you show that slide then, Tony, if you would, that next slide. And thanks to Frank for all of these beautiful slides. They're always so lovely. And this one says, love is everywhere, and you and the other are one. And I feel that that is really true. And so in that moment, you know, I was able to, just through the grace of the moment, to to catch myself and step out of that victim role and to realize that love is everywhere and that he and I were one and we were just dancing in the same board game. Kind of a fun experience. Well, that's really beautiful. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It just changes everything when we look at somebody else and just we seeing a part of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard to, you know, hold on to feelings of animosity and anger. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So our sense of separation is, you know, really an illusion. And when we realize this, it leads us right back into love. And, of course, the way that we really know this deep in our body-mind is that example of, you know, somebody who's really found themselves in in some serious trouble, like somebody who's drowning in water or something. Or, you know, the cat is in the house and the house is on fire. You know, we, we forget about our own lives. We do everything that we can to save them because deep in our beings, we know that we and the other are one. We don't run from danger. We charge right into it to save the other person. And that's because, as Joseph Campbell said, you know, and that's part of the slide there, you and the other are one. We are one. So with that, maybe you can show our next slide here, which is says that the greatest illusion of this world is the illusion of separation. Things you think are separate and different are actually the same. We are all one people, but we live as if divided. And that's by Guru Pathik. I thought that was a very nice little quote. The greatest illusion of this world is the illusion of separation. Things you think are separate and different are actually the same. We are all all one people, but we live as if divided. And we really need to stop living as if we're divided. It's really a social pathology, this them versus us business. It's the source of all war. 
it's you know the manifests itself in superiority complexes and inferiority inferiority complexes and and really it's okay for us to be different but to think of ourselves as superior or inferior that is a social pathology and that is an illusion of the that's coming out of that illusion of separation it's because of our left brain dominance which is the analytical mind and we tend to look at and evaluate everything instead of just seeing that you know oh every cell is needed in the body of humanity <laughs> so maybe you can show our next slide then tony certainly this is a quote by kabir and i love kabir he's just one of those wonderful poets that just cuts right to it. Do you know what year Kabir lived, by any chance? Uh, me? No. <laughs> Isn't it? Wasn't he the 12th century? Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, the, I'm, I'm imagining that... Around the time of Rumi, perhaps? Yeah. I mean, I can probably, uh, probably find out for you pretty Oh, quickly. that's okay. We, we'll let everybody look it up if they want to, but K-A-B-I-R. And he said, ignorance has locked the gate. The only thing that can open it is love. Yeah. Isn't that great? That's truly beautiful. <laughs> and I think that that's where that separation comes from. It's out of ignorance. But you were going to say. Well, I was going to say, I just discovered he's actually 15th century. Oh, he was 15th century. So he's a little bit later than Rumi. Oh, yeah, a little bit later. Although in the big scheme of things, you know. Yeah. It's next door to each other. <laughs> and in the bigger scheme of things, we're all one. Yeah. <laughs> we're Kabir and Rumi. <laughs> and Genghis Khan, for that matter, I guess. Yeah, that too. <laughs> But it's a beautiful way of expressing his his thoughts, and they're so rich with, you know, insights, wisdom, and love as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so learning how to love starts with self-love. We do need to learn how to love if we've forgotten or lost our way. Sometimes we have to work on it a little bit. And sometimes in our own body minds, we get very negative about ourselves and very critical and so to begin to turn that around so that we can love ourselves, we need to change our negative self-talk. We need to let go of those habits like that we are so common, like worry and fear. We spend so much of our time unnecessarily terrorizing ourselves. And I think it's something like, I don't know, remember what it is exactly, but I think it's something huge, like 95% of the thoughts that we worry about never actually happen, which is such a blessing. I'm so glad for that. But... Just think of all that time spent worrying. That's, a, a, that's an uncomfortable way to be. And, you know, if there's something that's troubling us that we can do something about, then we need to, you know, get on with it and do it. But if there's nothing that we can do about it, rather than just worry about it obsessively, we need to let it go. And what I like to do and what we can do is to just give it over to divine will and know that there it's in the best possible hands and just let it go. Uh, Josephine, uh, we have a caller on the line. So oh, great. A, yes, it's a good time. Yes, that's fine. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Tony, Josephine, this is Amalia. Oh, hi, Amalia. Hi. How are hi, you? Josephine. I'm good. I'm good. I, I, heard, so nice. uh, I heard your show, and I thought I, I want to raise up my hand. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so glad you did, and thanks for calling. Yeah. Always nice to hear from you. Thank you, thank you. Well, keep doing the good work, and uh, this is great. Good. So, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, as always, coming from South America, from the Andes of Peru, uh, where I was born and live, um, you know, uh, this uh, topic, love, and um, one thing may help. Uh, I think you mentioned this. It helps me. It is um, always to have in mind, uh, always to see as uh, you know this uh, jewel, the earth, our one house, you know, as yeah. one home we have. Yeah. But we are not only human beings. We are, you know, plants and sand and rocks and air, everything. Yeah. So as I said before, we are not alone. You know. There's so many things surrounding uh, us, and uh, we are like a, a thread in a big weaving. We are one thread, and we are yeah. part of a larger weaving. And um, so that, you know, remembering that, I always find beauty in a tree, in the wind, how the leaves are growing, how, you know, the leaves are 
dropping down or yeah. an animal or a woman walking with her child, you know, it makes you smile. Yeah. And I also uh, know that when you're happy, that smile, if you share with somebody, if they smile back, it's just it's very enriching, you know, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. You cannot just hold to yourself. There's no, um, it's like you need a mirror to reflect it. You, you know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. in case of people, you know, to share your, your happiness, your, your smile. Yeah. Your, so when we see life like that, we are just part of everything, and um, uh, it, it's beautiful. In fact, the Andean people, the Quechua people of the Andes, they will say the the uh, concept of richness, of a rich man, you know, achieving it, mm. uh, whatever you came to achieve in life, it is uh, to have a community. Oh, wow. That's so To great. be between, among people, you know. Yeah. And it is almost like a punishment there when somebody, well, of course, you know, in the Incan times and still now, you know, because of the geography of the mountains, people live in communities named Ayus. So if somebody misbehaves like two or three times and it's big, they're kicked out of their community, oh. like for life. Wow. And uh, that is the biggest punishment. They're oh. isolated, and this person cannot in another community because they know and, uh, you know, they will wonder who is this person. Right. What What is the background? So that is the biggest punishment. That's like what is corresponding wow. jail, you know, to be isolated from your community. And a person who is in community feels rich because you are, you know, um, hold it, you know, in yeah. good or bad and... Uh, you know, you cry and you laugh, and um, then there's no depression. So it's just like uh, what I see in this uh, society is totally different, how people appreciate their privacy. And wow, it's yeah. just totally different. And I can assure you, if you come out from that concept and perhaps experience this other concept, there's no... Um, uh, like uh, sadness, deep sadness, or uh, what is it? Um, what's the depression? No depression. You know? Yeah. No, no. So oh, yeah. anyway, wow. Share that. Yeah. Oh, I so appreciate you calling in, Amalia. That is a really wonderful perspective, and it's such a good reminder that you know this western idea that has pervaded the world is really kind of that dominant influence on on our, so many of our world cultures and to remember the wisdom of the ancients is so and these wonderful indigenous cultures that have been so intact for so long it really helps us to see that what is the real value is that interconnectedness mhm and i think it's also the idea of being right or not being right you know it's like yeah. you know you, you do your decision i don't know but when you're in a community, you have many influences, and you don't live for you, you live for the others, you know, yeah, and that's wow. where you, your happiness is, because whatever you do for the others, they make them happy, and that, you know, it's like a flashback to you, and it, you, you feel happy. So yeah, you're oh, all, that's beautiful. You know? Um, yeah. Anyway, yes. Oh, well, that's beautiful. Thank you, thank you for taking the call. <laughs> oh, you're most welcome, and thank you for calling in. Bye-bye, Tony. Bye-bye, Josephine. Oh, Love bye, you, Amalia. Bye. So nice to hear from you. <laughs> oh, that oh, was great. Yes, that was really, really nice. Thanks. That was lovely. Um, we've had a couple of messages. Maybe this is a good time. Sure. Uh, the first one, um, I don't think I'm going to be able to pronounce the name, but I'm going to give it a go. I think it's from India. It's uh, Venu Gopalarao. Wow. Uh, and I apologize because I'm sure I've got that wrong. And the message is seeking blessings in every sphere. And then we have a second message oh. from Simone. And she sending boundless love and bountiful blessings from Oakland. Wow. Thank you both so much. Seeking blessings in every sphere. That's beautiful. And can you read Simone for me again? Sending boundless love and bountiful blessings. 
Oh, boundless love. (laughs) The seeking blessings and the sending blessings met each other, I think, in those two. I should say. Well, thank you both so much for writing in. That's really great. Beautiful. (laughs) Boundless love and boundless, bountiful blessings. And, you know, I'm thinking right now, too, about Carl, who called in last week on the radio show, and um, he was concerned about a barrage of negative thoughts that he was having because of a mole that he had removed, which might well have been a skin cancer. And this brought up a lot of difficult memories of previous losses of family members. And he was looking for a way to heal the memories and to psychologically diffuse those fears. And I thought that right now, while we're kind of having some interactions, I I would love to take a little moment to just do move into a group prayer on his behalf. I had thought after the show last week that it would have been a really lovely thing to do. And so I thought, well, why not do it this week if we get a chance? And so maybe this is a good time right now. What do you think? I think it's a great time. Okay, good. So, uh, you know, we can always give our troubles over to divine will and let it go, knowing that when we do, they're in the best. it's in the best possible hands and the highest good will be met. So let's just go ahead and, and move right into a little prayer. with Carl in mind and and also with anyone else in mind who has troubling thoughts or things that might not be feeling quite right with them with their health or with their relationships or with their situation in life. So, Divine Spirit of our Higher Selves, Creator, God of Truth, God of Love, we ask you now to assist our friend Carl and anyone else who might need help right now in the healing of the memories And we ask for divine arrangement regarding the health and well-being of Carl and of anyone else who needs to join in with this prayer right now. The body-mind, may it all be healed. And we ask for this if it is in accordance with the highest good for each and for all. And we ask for this or something better. And we ordain it under grace. And we are so grateful. And so it is. So we see you in light and in love, Carl, and and anyone else who wanted to join in there. And thanks so much for opening your hearts to us. And and thank you, Carl, especially for sharing and uh, with your call last week. And really, really appreciate it and really feel the love. So prayer is a really wonderful tool for us to use, and, and group prayer is especially powerful. So... If you'd like, you know, for us to share a little prayer together on your behalf, anytime, feel free to just call it in and we'll join together. And, and, and prayer is great because it always aligns our subconscious mind with those positive emotions and, and thus that helps us to really join in with the creation of a new experience for ourselves. It's a really wonderful thing to do. Yeah. Can I just say that I'd like just to second the things you said? <laughs> sure. <laughs> that Carl, I really did, you know, appreciate. And I was fortunate enough I actually got to meet Carl when he was um, in America. Yeah, it wasn't that great. I was um, so glad he came and visited us. It was really wonderful. Yeah, that was really special. Yeah. And so I, you know, he's in my thoughts. You're in my thoughts, Carl, because I'm sure you're listening. Yeah. So letting go of our worrisome and fearful thoughts is a really big step on the road to self-love. And it really lets us to be more gentle and loving with ourselves. And and another thing that we can do is to start accepting, you know, whatever it is that we don't like about ourselves. We've all probably been through this, you know, my nose is too big or my hair is too straight or it's too curly or whatever. And, and, And we can just move beyond that and love ourselves anyway. And we can do that, you know, that act of moving beyond it by just simply changing our minds and changing our thinking and deciding to love those parts of ourselves just like we would love a child. You know, mostly we tend to love little kids no matter what they look like. <laughs> when we hold that attitude, you know, with ourselves, we open our hearts to our own inner beauty. And then when we do that, we reflect that beauty to the world, and then the world reflects its beauty back to us. And just like Amalia was saying, you know, we walk down the street and we see somebody and we smile and they smile back, and, and we are reflecting the love. It's a mirror that's letting us all feel connected. And um, part of what is involved here is that knowing ourselves, you know, to know who we are, the good qualities, the bad qualities, and then accepting ourselves. 
or not. You know, it's okay too. It's all it's all all right. But it's kind of fun to just start stretching those boundaries a little bit and loosening the grasp that you know we all have on that conditional love of ourselves. Like I will love myself when I finally stop procrastinating or whatever it is. And another great tool that can help us to attain a greater degree of self-love is to watch ourselves, to become the witness of our lives, like I mentioned earlier in that little homework assignment when I was talking about challenges that sometimes arise. This lets us see our lack of self-love from a totally different perspective. And being open to and actively cultivating a frame of mind that is loving and compassionate is really the foundation for positive change in our lives. And you know, I had an experience when I had one of my first of my big injuries. It really stopped me in my tracks, and I had to spend a year in bed healing. And that was when I really started on my path of self-love because I was a very much a conditional lover of myself. I thought that I would only love myself, and this just, you know, reveals how sometimes silly we can be with our thoughts because I thought that I would only love myself if I lost 30 pounds or something. You know, well, what? You know, what kind of a value system? <laughs> I don't know. But we all get caught up in that because that's what advertising and, you know, uh, the, 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 the quote, happy people do, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, that was the big response that I had was, oh, I'm so unlovable. You know, this is just terrible. Instead of I finally got around to realizing, you know what, I look just like all the other women in my family and it's okay. <laughs> And that it was a very freeing moment to just accept myself. And, and so sometimes it's hard for us to accept ourselves. Sometimes we feel like we have such negative things that we're totally unlovable. But really, I mean, did we murder the cat or run over the dog? You know, probably not. You know, And, and even if we did, we can still accept ourselves and realize that we had a bad moment or something didn't go quite, quite right. It's all right. We're just doing the best we can. And, and just... You know, love ourselves and accept ourselves. And I, I started off with affirmations, like I totally love and accept myself exactly as I am. <laughs> that was a good one. Or everything is happening perfectly. Or I love this one that a friend told me. It's I love my life and my life loves me. And only good lies before me. And I'm open and receptive to all good. And, you know, I was influenced very strongly by Louise Hay and her book, You Can Heal Your Life. And she wrote so many beautiful affirmations. And anybody who is getting started on this path, I really highly recommend it. And even some of us old spiritual venturers, because, you know, we do we take many steps on a spiritual path, on a, on a road to our growth and learning. And the first step for one may be the last step for another, and it's okay. We don't all have to follow the same order. But I do feel that a foundation of self-love is really a very important part of it. So the sooner we can get on with the self-love part, the better. And then, of course, our affirmations are most effective when they're really repeated with strong emotion because that subconscious mind is always listening. I was speaking the other day to, with a friend about this, and and um, she said, and I thought this was really great, she said, it's like we have a six-year-old living inside of us that's paying attention to everything we think and say and do. <laughs> so, that, that's so true. And so making it a practice to hold ourselves to what we wish to create with our, with you know kind and loving persistence is really important, and it can really yield great results in our lives. So again, you know, we can use that intention plus our attention to release our lack of self-love and to step out of fear or self-loathing into a beautiful world that's filled with love for ourselves and for everyone. And, and that's why we're here, love. Love is the divine, and we're here to embody divinity and to become love, and it starts with loving ourselves. We can really only give from a full cup and when we do, we move into our joy, and that's the magic of love. Oh, that's very nice, Josephine. It's, it's reminding me, you know, I was having that problem with um, self-love that we talked about oh, yeah. some time ago, and I I must admit, I haven't been very good at getting up in the morning and looking in the mirror right. and, uh, and doing that practice. And it's occurring to me now, as you said this, that if I, prior to that, did one of the uh, getting into the right brain type exercises like we did earlier today, you know, when I'm in that space, of you know being connected to myself and everything, I think I would find it just so much easier to do that exercise. Oh yeah, what a great idea! Hmm. So maybe I need need to prepare the ground before I try it out. Why not? Yeah, and one of the ways that I did it was that I uh, just made a little deal with myself. You know, I like to brush my teeth in the morning, and 
I just said, you know, I'm not going to brush my teeth until I've looked to myself in the mirror and said, I love you, Josephine. I really love you. Looking right deep into my eyes. And that's a great way for us to start, really, on the, on the road to self-love. Yeah, so, you know, we can love ourselves, we can trust ourselves, and we can let go and be guided. And, you know, I gave a little talk at Cuesta College for the annual Writers' Conference, and I was so glad to be invited to come and do that. And I named the talk Go With the Flow. And it was about how we can use our feeling sense to guide ourselves, we can trust ourselves, and um, and then just move ahead with our lives. And so... A few years back, you know, the trees were telling me I would, you know, just go out and sit among, walk among nature. I kept hearing this this voice, or when I would commune with a tree, it's like teach this stuff, Josephine. Get out there and teach it. In fact, teach it in institutions of higher li- learning. And so I went ahead and gathered up my courage and began to teach classes at Cuesta College on, in the, out of their adult school there. And I did that for a couple of years. And partway through that, then. My friend Einer said, you know, gee, you should have a website. Well, let's get these classes on a website. And and then he had taken some pictures of some sculptures I made, and I'd written some articles, and they all went on the website too. And that was a really wonderful thing. And then my friend Bob Banner, he attended a couple of the classes at Cuesta, and he really liked them. And then he, he does his Hope Dance films that I mentioned last week, and he asked me to come and speak at the end of one of the films called Tuning In. When I did, there was a woman who um, I had met years ago, and she was in the audience, and she heard the talk, and she thought, this was wonderful. And she, she is a physical therapist, and she has a, 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 a practice where she has a lot of different physical therapists there, and they have a pretty big ongoing practice, and they do a, a once-a-month educational evening. And so she said, why don't you come and talk at the physical therapy place? And so I said, well, that sounds wonderful. And then before I knew it, it was shortly after that that, Cindy Silva, who of Metaphysical Wisdom, who hosts our radio show here with her uh, Wisdom and Intuition Network, she out of, called up out of the blue and said, "Gee, Josephine, why don't you have a radio show? It'd be great, you know." I, and she took a couple of my classes and really loved it. And we did, we did a couple of little interviews on the radio. And then she said, "Yeah, get your have your own show." And so before I knew it, I was doing these weekly webinars, these radio shows that I love so much, and. And then, you know, more regular speaking engagements started to come out of that. And then pretty soon, you know, Frank decided that it would be a really good idea for us to have podcasts. And and so he set that up. And uh, then, you know, and then also he was helping with the, the doing the slides and helping with the radio show. And, of course, Tony, you came into this early on with the, helping me to edit my book. And And the whole idea here is, is that if we just let ourselves just, go with it and just go with the flow and trust our feeling sense. And each one of these things that happened, you know, some of them were just a little bit scary, but they were also exciting. You know, they were new things like the radio show. You know, that was a little bit scary, but also very exciting. Or teaching classes at Quest, a little scary, but also very exciting and fun. And the basic thing was that it brought me a feeling of joy or it brought me, yes, I'd love to talk after a film. And yes, that would be really a nice thing. And yes, let's do a website. And, you know, that's led to all these YouTubes that I've been doing with Finer and the blog posts. And I realized that it's just like that song that we all learned as kids. And, you know, join me, if you will, in this wonderful song, the Row, Row, Row Your Boat song. And it goes like this. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. And I love that part about merrily, 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 life is but a dream. And life can be like that. We can really step into the magic of our lives. When we keep our hearts open in love, you know, when when we know ourselves and we love ourselves and we trust the universe and we are joyous, you know, when all of that comes together, we love the world and the world loves us. It was just like what Amalia said about smile at the world and the world will smile back at you. And so maybe you can show that slide then, Tony, that one that says, when we love ourselves, we are joyous. Certainly, Josephine. I mean, hearing you sing the uh, the row, row, row your boat reminds me very much of my dad again, because he used to sing that all the time when I was growing up. I bet he still does now. It's one of his... He had a lot of little songs that he liked to oh, sing, little, little that's tunes. so great. But that was definitely one of them, especially yeah. when he was in a good mood. Yeah, it's wonderful. And mm. so when we love ourselves, we're joyous, and when we are joyous, we love the world, and the world loves us. 
<laughs> yeah, it's amazing how contagious it is, feelings that we have. It is contagious. And uh, when we're in that, that space, how other people pick up on it and respond so well to it. Yeah, so true. Isn't it great? Yeah. Well, Josephine, amidst all this wonderful news, I do have some rather bad news, and oh. that's that it's getting very late. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't tell me an hour has gone by already. Oh, well, uh, all, but, all but a few minutes. <laughs> well, I guess we better wrap it up then. Yeah, I feel, I mean, I know there's so much more that you'd like to share. Oh, yes. But, um, we'll we save really it for just, another time. We really are getting near the end. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tony. Well, and thank you. So let me just say then that the link to next week's show can be found on Josephine's website at stepintomagic.com. Uh, just click on the top uh, menu and click radio. And if you do have a question for us or would like to be included in our weekly newsletter, simply go to the contact page of Josephine's website. Again, that's stepintomagic.com and you can send us a message. So, Josephine, are there any parting words that you'd like to say? Well, yes, and thank you so much for all of that, Tony. The, I'd love to just thank my dear mother, Rachel, who was just such a queen of love, and she knew how to love herself, and she loved all of us kids so much, and also my darling and wonderful father, Patrick, because when we have parents who love each other and love their children, oh, my God, what a gift that is in the world. And I feel so fortunate to have had that. And not all of us have had that experience. But for those of us who do, you know what I'm talking about. It's it's an incredible experience to have a, the love of a mother and the love of a father. It makes all the difference in the world. So to all of you parents out there, keep up the good work. It's It's a brilliant thing. And uh, it really teaches us about love. And then to sum up what we've covered today, I'd just like to show that one last slide that Frank has made for us so beautifully. And this one says, trust the universe, listen within, stay in your joy, know yourself, love yourself, and be the love that you already are. We can let that love flow into the great stream of love that we're all a part of. And this is the nectar of life, love. So in closing, I'd like to thank all of you so very much for giving me the gift of your time. And I'd like to finish with this little blessing. As our gifts are given in love, they are received in love. And we honor their wise use and their increase for all concerns. And so it is. Thank you so much for listening. It's lovely to have you with us tonight. Thank you so much for that, Josephine. As always, it's been a real pleasure talking with you on the radio, and I trust that everyone listening has learned lots about love and loving each other. This has been show number SG-4.14, and if you have enjoyed the show, we really hope that you will tell your friends. We look forward to having all of you join us again next week when Josephine will be talking about spiritual rebirth. Tony and I wish you all insight, wisdom, and magic as you pursue the journey of inner knowing. And I hold you all in light and in love. Thank you so much for listening. This is Josephine Lang. Until next week, good night.
Thank you.